Episode 227, Mini Demo 2013 Hipsters. This is the Ericast for the week of July 21, 2013. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Well, thanks for listening to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson. 206-339-3742, the listener feedback line where you can call and leave feedback because we're sort of in this podcasting relationship here. We've described the Aircast as a personal podcast that you're listening to either because you're interested in something that I'm talking about, perhaps mini demo, which is this week's topic, and you want to know a little bit more about me and why I'm talking about it, or you're interested in me, you know me somehow, some sort of relational connection, and you're curious what's on my mind or what I've been up to. And speaking of calling, um, we actually have some listener feedback for next week. So the rest of you don't have to call because Matt actually um, called in. He's alive and well and sent the coolest picture. Oh, so cool. With wearing a pebble watch. I would love to make Matt like the poster child of the Aircast. Wearing a pebble watch, playing the Aircast back little display there that says Eric Cast. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Matt. Um, and that got me thinking, actually, I was, uh, what I should have done, though I believe the battery is dead in it, but I do, I do have it someplace. I've got to dig it out. Um, I was so tempted to wear my old Casio calculator watch from the mid 80s when I went to mini demo last week, uh, just to kind of do the retro hipster thing and, and make a statement. I don't know what the statement would be, but I would have been making a statement of some kind. So it doesn't feel like I've been out of the podcasting chair for that long, but I, I, it, I guess it has been. I mean, it's been at least a couple weeks, but my timing on record dates and stuff got all messed up. I really thought that I could get a podcast out last week. I really, really did. And then things got a little bit busy. So let me, uh, let me give you the, the highlights. Um, Maybe I'll work backwards. Sure. Cause I, cause the, the, the week sort of got spent and I thought, well, Saturday, I can, I can, I can do it Saturday and I can, I can eke one out. That'll work. Well, Saturday we ended up putting 270 miles on the car, which isn't a ton if you're like doing a, a road trip cross country or something, but if you're just kind of bumming around Minnesota on a Saturday, it's a lot of miles. Um, and we drove a couple hours, more or less, down the Mississippi River to Kellogg, Minnesota, via Red Wing, Minnesota. And this is bluff country. So we brought the girls. I, I told them, okay, you can... Kendall's got a phone now. That's a topic for another day or week or month. We could talk a lot about that. We got Kendall a, a, um, a track phone which is uh, an LG 420. It's the actual phone itself for the Track Phone Corporation. And she discovered it has games on it, so she plays a lot of phone games, which is fine. I mean, this means that she can actually go someplace. We are not one of those weird spoil-your-kids parents type. It's just sort of the, okay, well, you know, you're nine. You want a little bit of freedom, but we also want to be able to actually get in touch with you. I mean, otherwise, the solution is no, stay next to us. We're not going to let you go over there. Well, that's a little bit repressive, so the happy medium was, here, have a phone. As I say, I'm, I'm sure there are, half the world probably thinks we should have done this years ago, and half the world thinks that we're evil and 
need to turn Amish and burn candles and never give Kendall any technology. So there's got to be a happy medium in there someplace. Uh, but anyway, I told her, no phone playing. You've got to actually admire the scenery because we've gone up to Duluth in the North Shore, which has like granite cliffs and things. Well, if you go down along the Mississippi Bluffs, it's all limestone cliffs and things. And compared to the rest of the, the world or even the country, I mean, these are dramatic cliffs, but um, still, you know, they're, they're pretty cool bluffs. So we went down via Red Wing, which is a nice little river town, and went up on one of the bluffs there. They've got a park at the top of that you can drive up to and look across to the really cool bluff that you can walk up. I've never actually walked up it because it's a long walk, and I'm a little bit scared of falling off, which sounds kind of silly, but since it's sloped, it's sort of one of those, you know, if for some reason you're up at the top and you think you're secure and you, like, you know, twist an ankle and trip, um, you're going to fall and you're going to start rolling and you're just going to keep going. Unless you think that's too paranoid. There, there actually was somebody who died there a few weeks, a few months back, um, was up on the bluff and fell off and died. Like, that's bad. And even worse to bring kids to. Because the girls are pretty good, but yeah, I'd feel pretty guilty. So instead, we drove to the opposite bluff. Um, just look up Soldier Memorial Park in Red Wing. I believe the bluff itself is called Soren Bluff. Uh, but they they have like fences and walls and things, so you can sort of say stand here and look, and you can feel a little bit more secure. So did that, then down to Kellogg, Minnesota, um, which is where Lark Toys is located. Um, they're a wooden toy shop that kind of grew and became really big. Um, maybe some other episode I will talk about why the carousel there has a particular particular value, memory, something. There's a word there. I'm not quite sure. If you're curious, by the way, as to why I'm a little bit slightly less mentally engaged than usual, it is currently 4.28 a.m. Um, I came home yesterday after a long day at work. This week is Vacation Bible School at church. Long-time Ericast listeners will remember that that used to be like a big anchor point in the Ericast when I was involved in the video ministry there, but I'm not involved in the video ministry there anymore, uh, which is really good for the timing this week because we're doing a fairly major system upgrade at work uh, that I've been working on testing and things, and I'm getting very, very tired. So I came home. Ruth and the girls had gone down. Um, I grabbed... Taco Bell for dinner, which may or may not have been wise, but it was fine. been a long time since I've had Taco Bell. Uh, went to bed at about 7, and apparently my body is is fine with not getting like 12 hours of sleep because I woke up at 3, and if you do the math, it's like, oh, well, there you go. So I decided I'm going to get up and do an Aircast in the quietest house possible. I kind of like that. So... Um, Everyone else is asleep, but I'm not exactly at 100% awake. Sorry about that, but better to get that podcast out because Saturday, so we go down Red Wing to Kellogg and back up through the Wisconsin side uh, to pick up some peaches that my parents had ordered. That was the purpose of the trip. Just that's long story. Um, up through Stockholm, not Sweden, but Stockholm, Wisconsin, uh, which turns out was having the Stockholm Art Fest. This is kind of one of those things where you don't want to be in Stockholm during the Stockholm Art Fest unless you're in Stockholm for the Stockholm Art Fest because there's one road that goes through Stockholm, um, Wisconsin Highway 35, which is different from Interstate 35, 
and it's just a little two-lane road, and it's really, really busy. So we made it through Stockholm. Um, what else did we do on the way home? Drove by the old house in Ellsworth, uh, found that one of the county roads was closed, so came back around the other way, eventually made it home. Then, following up on a suggestion from a Twitter and Foursquare friend, after dinner, we went the opposite direction and headed west to Waconia, Minnesota, for a rodeo. Now, you might think, why did you just spontaneously scamper off to a rodeo? Well, I had actually looked for rodeo stuff earlier, because I remember being about Candela's age and going to a rodeo in Spooner, Wisconsin. Um... I think every kid has to kind of go to a rodeo, right? And I couldn't find any good Minnesota rodeos. I did all the Googling and went to like mnrodeos.org or whatever it was. Um, and there weren't any nearby. The timing was all bad on all of them, so I kind of gave up on that. Well, then this guy mentioned that he was at this one in Waconia. I'm like, I don't remember seeing about anything about one in Waconia. Well, there wasn't because this apparently was the professional rodeo association versus whatever the amateur rodeos are i I don't know uh so there was the 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 two were not connected in any way so unless you knew to look for this one you'd never find it Uh, but took the kids out there um and had had a great time but um i asked kendall what she thought and and the, the upshot is she thought it would be a little bit more quickly paced than it was um she she has now experienced the rodeo and realizing there is a lot of waiting around for the 15 seconds of, oh, wow, the guy is on a bucking horse, woo, uh, there's like two or three minutes of waiting for the guy to get on the bucking horse. I mean, it's that kind of thing, right? But at least they had that experience. They enjoyed it. They probably don't need another one, but we did that. Then we left at intermission because we headed back east to get into downtown Minneapolis for the Aquatennial Fireworks. The Aquatennial Fireworks, sponsored by Target, which all of you have heard of, um, and is headquartered here in, you know, the Minneapolis, well, it's headquartered in Minneapolis proper, um, but the Twin Cities metro area is proud to host Target. Woo! Um, is a very large fireworks display for the Minneapolis Summer Festival. St. Paul has the St. Paul Winter Carnival. Minneapolis has the Minneapolis Aquatennial being the city of lakes, and there are X number of lakes within the city limits, etc. That's kind of what Minneapolis does, is celebrate summer. And uh, that's what they did with, you know, parades and this and that for a week or whatever it is, and then ends with the Aquatennial Fireworks. So if you want to imagine the Aquatennial Fireworks, think, think a large municipal fireworks display, okay? Now triple it, just like set, like, like, two more up next to it have them all kind of going at once and that's pretty much what the aquatennial fireworks are so they're they're pretty cool so the girls like that we got there we got parked whatever so my feeling of accomplishment for this past saturday was that i survived i wasn't in any car accidents i didn't run over any pedestrians in downtown minneapolis when there were tens of thousands of people milling around in various ways, shapes, forms, um, I survived the Saturday. But it means that I didn't get a podcast out. And what I would have podcasted about was the Thursday mini-demo experience. Okay? Yes, it took me more than 10 minutes to get into 
the actual topic for this podcast, but what else would you expect from the Aircast? So mini demo, M-I-N-N-E, not M-I-N-I, not small, but mini is in Minnesota. Mini demo, similar to minibar, but not similar to ignite, but not. So minibar, which is not drinking, but the bar camp thing from FUBAR, long story, Google it, you'll figure it out, is like 45 minute, 40, 45 minute presentations on topics of choice. Minnesota geeks, you know, get together on things that, that are of interest to geeks. It may not be super te- technical, but that's, you know, that's sort of the, the general population and they give, you know, 45 minute presentations. Okay. So Ignite from a couple months back or so is five, six minute presentations. I forget the number now. Um, with an auto-advancing slide deck. Okay? Mini demo is seven-minute presentations, no slides allowed. You have to be demonstrating something real. Hmm. So they had, um, I think it was seven. I think seven was the lucky number. They had seven demos and things. And so a couple stood out to me. There was some like... uh, uh, MSPBus.org for Minneapolis-St. Paul bus schedule. Uh, it's a cool web app that you could sort of, um, you know, figure out when is your next bus coming and where's if you want to catch it, where's the closest stop, etc. So that's sort of cool. I'm not a bus guy um, because my 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 main place of employment is sort of between bus lines. So I've done the math. It would take me it takes like 25 minute commute from down here in Egan on the south side of the cities. Um, Unless traffic is really bad, we got some, you know, bad snowstorm or something. Um, 25 minutes by car, it'd be about an hour and a half by bus. And if the bus were free, or if I at least got like my parking pass reimbursement so that I knew, well, okay, I'm paying for the bus, but, you know, so, but the, I have zero motivation to spend like three hours on the road by bus paying for the privilege while I still have to pay for my parking pass. I mean, yeah, I don't have to pay for gas, but it's not that far, so it's not that expensive in gas. So that's why I'm not a bus guy. I have no no moral objections to riding the bus. That's fine. And the girls and I have taken the light rail up to um, downtown Minneapolis on occasion, but yeah, not, not in bus, no. Anyway, a couple stuck out in my mind, so I'm going to mention those for the the... the the Aircast here. Um, the first one was an app called FreshVine.co. I'm going to confirm that because I would feel really bad if I sent you someplace wrong. FreshVine.co. Did I get it right? I think I did. Yes. Now, this was really interesting because um, Paul Prinz, I believe his name was, I think I've got that right, um, positioned it as a as non-profit community management, which I think is great positioning for it. Um, the website positions it as intuitive church management. Church management software lets you get more done with fewer headaches. Now, for me personally, I, I resonate with that just fine. And I understand that um, both in, in the U.S. and probably globally, I dare say that that churches, certainly faith communities, um, are the the largest and most common you know, nonprofit communities. 
Okay. But they are not the only ones. <laughs> so um, I understand and I, I agree with his uh, his positioning that this would be just as appropriate for you know the the little league coaches or if you're running a humane society, you know, managing your volunteers, et cetera, that'd work out great. Um, I also understand his genesis, no pun intended, as a church community management. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm concerned that if you truly are positioning it as nonprofit community management, then maybe you don't want the word church plastered all over the site. Because that might be a turnoff for some people. Doesn't bother me. Might bother others. Um, but the idea is re- is really really good. It's sort of like Salesforce. So I've talked here before about the Table po- Project and Paul. So man, I got his name right. Um, let me click on About Us and make sure that I rather than talking about someone who's yeah. Yes, Paul. There is Paul. Um, was involved in the Table Project actually, which makes total sense for the like the Twin Cities developer community here. Um, the table project, it was designed for connecting people to each other. This is designed for connecting leaders in the community to people to make sure that was, so the, the other metaphor I said, so, you know, I talked with them after the the demo, it's kind of like Salesforce. The difference there is that Salesforce is looking to to sort of optimize your monetization opportunities. You know, how can we convert? How can we um, make the sale, close the deal? You know, manage that in order to 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 get people to give us money for our product. And what he built was a site to just keep people engaged in the community. Makes total sense. So I mean, you. If, you've, if this is not your first Aircast episode, you will know that I got really excited by this as a, as a concept, particularly professionally, because as I'm working with faculty, I've got this similar sort of thing of I want to stay engaged with my faculty. Hey, how's that project going? You're working on such and such research um, down to the personal, you know, how's your dog? Is he feeling better? I mean, these these things matter as you're as you're managing relationships. And I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm not trying to close a deal. You know, hey, I hope your dog is feeling better. Are you ready to sign that contract? It's like, no, that's not, you know? So the notion of a site that is designed for, you know, pastors to connect with their parishioners and say, you know, how's your family? And you were, you know, in this job transition. Is that working? Do you need any help? I mean, those kinds of things, really, really cool. Um. So I was intrigued by that, freshvine.co. I'm kind of curious, since I bet it's not like a porn site. Where does freshvine.com go? Freshvine.com is coming soon. It has an icon with a old-fashioned telephone being the the, candlestick phone thing, being the eye in vine. And the... Graphic for that is I heard it on the Fresh Vine. Hmm. So they didn't get the .com. They got the .co. And I don't know who you know. Is there? How are they going to make money? Are they planning on you know getting bought out by Salesforce and Salesforce has enough money to buy FreshVine.com or they'll just rename it or you know name it Fresh Force? I you know who knows. 
you guys also know that I'm a domain geek, so if you, you know, I don't like .co domains unless you're looking for some sort of alliteration with a word that ends in co. Hmm. Anyway, so that was Freshvine. Super cool demo, um, and I'm glad to see that kind of thing out there because it's not it's not all about just cranking through and earning some money. The other thing that was super super cool to see demoed because when you describe it it sounds stupid <laughs> but to 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 actually see it unfold before your eyes or unroll before your eyes was Jerry Bellick's Choosatron you can just google Choosatron C H O O S E A T R O N I guess and it's, it was written up in Wired, etc. But to actually see it demoed under a dot cam. Remember Choose Your Own Adventures? Where you'd read through the book. And it would say, if you decide to go up the mountain in search of the Yeti, turn to page 68. If you decide to stay at the base camp until the storm blows over, turn to page 17. Right? Remember that? Well, Jerry's written, built done this thing where the story is programmed like a computer program you do so you have this box one two three four push the buttons for whatever choice you want and the result prints out on receipt paper and that's the part that for those of us that are children of the 80s and remember some of that you know old-fashioned technology, for lack of a better word, that's the magical part. I mean, otherwise, you could just, you know, do it as an app on a phone and kind of go through and like, yeah, whatever. But the fact that it's printing the story in front of you and then you can read it, you know, bringing back all those memories of, you know, watching things scroll across the screen at 300 baud, um, you know, you have something tangible, some tactile thing you actually are reading on paper instead of reading on a screen, which... You know, those are different experiences. And then in the end, as he points out, you have a story to take with you. Such a cool idea. It has been a long time since I've seen a, you know, a toy, for lack of a better word, um, but a, but a grown-up toy, but kids would love it. That, that so enraptured me. <laughs> you just, you look at that and you just have this reaction of, I get it. And, that is so cool. So that was my reaction to Jerry Bellick's Choosatron. It was a good week. And that was just Thursday. Then there was other stuff in the rest of the week. But um, point being, busy week last week. Sorry I didn't get something out to you guys, but thank, thanks for listening. Um, 206-339-3742. It's still there. I'm, I'm still, I'm still taking calls next week. Listener feedback week. Um, and thank you, Matt, for giving some feedback. So, uh, we'll be able to, to, uh, to talk on that, which is going to be, it's going to be a great episode because it's sort of a recap as, as Matt was catching up on episodes of some, some of the past weeks, of the Ericast. So it's going to be pretty good. But if you've got any, uh, feedback to add, go ahead, go for it. Um, you know, the number 206-339-ERIC, a little bit easier to remember, E-R-I-C. Um, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, email me, eric at ericast.com, whatever you want to do. Uh, somehow let me know what you think. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.